Hey everybody, this is Bob Barker with the AGC of Wisconsin, and I want to welcome you to the Ford Construction Podcast. This is our second podcast of 2021, and we're really pleased today to have Jimmy Christensen with us. Jimmy is the Vice President of Government Affairs with AGC of America, and AGC of America's point, main point person in charge of government affairs activities in D.C. And uh, I guess from a personal note, I've been involved with AGC for 30 years, and you know the past six months, six to eight months, I guess now, um, going back to March, you know, it's been a whirlwind. And you know, on behalf of our members and and all the contractors uh, out there who aren't members that benefited from all of your um, efforts and AGC of America's efforts, uh, I want to. I guess extend my thank you uh, to you for what you what you've um, accomplished on behalf of the membership and and welcome you to today's podcast. Thanks, thanks, Bob. Uh, you know, it might might have only been uh, you know eight or ten months, but I, I think we can all agree it feels like ten years. So, uh, but we couldn't think of a, a better organization and and better people to help represent than the construction contractor. Uh, folk uh, throughout the country. So happy to be here. Hey, you know, I had Steve um, Sander on here oh, a few months ago now, I guess. And um, it was one of them things where I, I didn't go to Vegas to the convention, um, but I know you guys did. And, you know, it was that, what, first week of March thereabouts? Then, um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then, you know, the, right. The week, the week before the world closed. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, you guys go to the convention, and I know what a whirlwind of activity that is. And you're probably beat to hell, you know, after spending two weeks in Vegas, I'm guessing. And, and then COVID hits the fan. And um, so I'm sure <laughs> you guys are probably all ready for a little bit of um, R&R, but it doesn't appear that's going to happen anytime soon with what's going on in D.C., Tell tell me what what's going on out there. What do you what do you see? You're at the townhouse, right? Yeah, I'm uh, located a block away from where all the house office buildings, house of representative office buildings are. Uh, AGC's uh, uh, townhouse on Capitol Hill. Um, you know, it's it's quiet today, but the scene looks like something uh, you would expect on a horror movie with huge. Huge fences up all around, uh, ten foot tall fences. Uh, the National Guard uh, locked and loaded and armed uh, to the nines, uh, as well as it, uh, you know just the usual pandemic wear uh, that is, is kind of what you'd expect from a really bad horror movie uh, involving Washington D.C. in some way, shape, or form. Uh, we were here last week. Uh, unfortunately, uh, we were evacuated by a, a bomb squad um, because right across the street from us is the Republican National Committee, and they found a pipe bomb there. So uh, I'm I'm waiting for uh, the daily stream of unprecedented events to stop. <laughs> so, but unfortunately, I don't think uh, we're going to have that luxury anytime soon. It's um. It's all pretty crazy. It's all pretty crazy. Right? So, um, no. you know, I know that, um, you know, AGC of America um, and you and your and your staff did a lot of great work in relationship to 
you know, COVID and the PPP. Um, can you just talk a little bit about some of the ac- recent activities related to PPP and kind of what, what's happened there in, in recent times? Sure. I mean, you know, we can all go back to the early days when we, when we at the AGC fought for the largest um, portion of the construction industry possible that could be considered for elig- eligible for those loans, you know, when the SBA first rolled out the program all the way to um, right there uh, just before and, and a little bit after Christmas is the way that turned out with a 5,593 page um, bill becoming law that had a, a lot of changes, not just for PPP, but other things. But on the PPP side, most importantly, was ensuring that um, PPP loan borrowers um, were able to uh, deduct the uh, forgiven expense, loan forgiven expenses uh, uh, in their taxes. So any ordinary and necessary um, business expenses paid with those forgiven loan funds would not just be forgiven through PPP, but then also they would be allowed to deduct them in their taxes, Um, which if they weren't able to do so would be upwards of a 37% uh, federal tax increase that Congress said initially this is supposed to be completely tax-free and we also meant deductible um, but unfortunately, the Secretary of the Treasury uh, disagreed, uh, and it took uh, about six months to make that correction. Um, and that's a that's a I think a, it was a huge deal for um, the 30,000 construction firms that took over 30,000 construction firms that took out these loans, many of which are AGC members. Um, in addition, the it expands the uh, type of expenses that um, could be considered for forgiveness, including if you spent uh, funds on uh, various uh, PPE and things COVID-related, uh, safety and health uh, um, materials and supplies, uh, those sort of things as well could now be considered um, expenses for forgiveness purposes and more. Um, but I know that was a big concern for a lot of folks was just the added costs associated with um, readying their job sites for 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 this pandemic. Uh, additionally, a huge deal, a huge deal is in the CARES Act. Um, there were, in addition to the PPP loan program, there was something called the uh, uh, Employee Retention Tax Credit that allowed um, companies to get a tax credit up to $5,000 per employee in uh, 2020. Uh, so that's real money when you add up and start having a lot of employees by, by every means. Um, but uh, in the CARES Act, the if you were gonna if you had a PPP loan where you're gonna get forgiveness, you could not also claim that um, that tax credit, the employee retention tax credit. In this bill that passed uh, or became law just after Christmas, uh, we were successful in removing that prohibition. So in addition to being uh, 
able to get loan forgiveness, PPP borrowers can also claim uh, that uh, tax credit uh, as well uh, to a uh, to certain extent. So it's a, it's a, it's a big, 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 big deal. Uh, and, uh, you know, those are a few of the big items. I would say another thing is there's a second draw PPP loan. So if you've already taken one and are interested or need to take another, uh, there is an essentially think of it as a completely new PPP program because there's whole whole set of more stringent eligibility requirements. You can only take loans of up to $2 million instead of $10 million. Um, and uh, um, I think, you know, it's been a roller coaster ride with the initial original PPP loan program, and we're still on that ride. Uh, and, uh, you know, we have to remind ourselves, buyer beware, but we also know that the construction industry um, still may face a, a tougher time ahead, just being the first into any sort of economic, or the last into any economic downturn and the last out of one. So, uh, and I assume that you've, you've kind of seen that uh, or seen some issues in various markets in your own state uh, when it comes to how they've been impacted by the pandemic. Yeah, there's been some, you know, sporadic pro- project cancellations, postponements, um, et cetera, um, you know, scope changes. Um, it, we, we've managed um, pretty well through it all, and we've heard that, you know, some of those projects that were postponed or canceled are, you know, are actually going to happen now. But um, so we feel pretty fortunate from a work standpoint that um, – we've been able to continue working as essential businesses. And I, and I think, um, you know, AGC of America has been a big part of that. Um, big part of the reason why they've continued continue to work for sure. And that was among the early fights, um, of, uh, this long, uh, pandemic. Right. So, so, and something that now we, we luckily transitioned to, to debates about, uh, vaccination prioritization as an essential workforce, uh, and luckily there is a light at the end of the tunnel. So, yeah, is there any new developments in relation to that from the CDC? I mean, so the, the latest CDC guidance was that construction, um, the, the guidance and recommendations to states for their own consideration was that construction is uh, considered in the uh, with essential other essential um, workforces uh, to be given a priority. Obviously, not as high as first responders, medical workers, uh, and some of those that constantly and directly work with the public. Um, but it does have us in the uh, upper echelons as we had sought. Um, to be treated just as, you know, similarly situated um, essential businesses for priority. The issue, as you you probably well know, is uh, much like the um, determinations at the state and local level as to whether or not construction and what types of construction or work were considered essential, we continue to see on a fairly regular basis states 
updating their um, their plans um, to sensibly address how their uh, vaccination distribution is going. I mean, we saw in New York State most recently where there was a complete rewrite uh, of the books there just a few days ago. Um, and in addition, we uh, expect that the uh, President Biden will, if not in a few days, or President-elect Biden and soon-to-be President Biden um, could add additional um, caveats uh, to that discussion that could also alter the landscape. Um, I also, you know, so those are, it's still clearly in flux. We're in a good position, and ultimately it comes down to, again, the state-by-state determinations and plans. Um, But, you know, as, as we've learned all along, they're subject to change from moment to moment, so um, we continue to, to to watch that. But I do know of at least some some contractors who have already had some of the, at least some of their employees uh, um, voluntarily accept the vaccination that are involved on hospital or medical jobs because the owner has required it. No different than uh, many of those owners requiring uh, their. Uh, contractor employees to get vaccinated for the flu. Um, So there are some situations where you might see, depending upon the job that's being done, uh, a request from an owner uh, that is in the highest echelons of priority um, getting a a construction contractor workforce uh, vaccinated. Right. I just was watching watching the news this morning and our Department of Health Services added um, prisoners and mink farmers to the initial phase of those who who should receive the vaccine, which I thought was pretty interesting. I would, I would have never had mink farmers on my bingo card. <laughs> I mean, I don't. They must have a pretty good lobbying um, arm, I guess. Um, I I don't know what's behind that as far as the mink farmers go, but um, no. And but it was pretty <laughs> pretty interesting that they were added to that. Um, that list, and, and I don't know if it has something to do with their fear that, you know, the COVID's going to be passed to the mink and um, spread amongst their mink farm, and, and therefore they won't have their China mink market um, access. I, I don't know. It's just kind of crazy. Hey, going back on the, the uh, PPP and the deductibility, um, have, you heard of any, yeah. have you heard of any states not following the federal lead on that as far as allowing them? That is that is a very good question, and at this point, the answer is uh, I have not heard of any states disallowing those deductions, nor, but at the same time, nor have I heard of those allowing it. Um, uh, I think that's definitely an issue for consideration at the state level. Um, you know, knowing how much, I mean, all too well we hear from various states their budget situations as we, as, as you know, everyone enters a new legislative season at the state level uh, as well. Um, I imagine it's, they're not going to want to find ways to, to dole out more money right now. I don't know if, if what, what the scene is you've been hearing, but nationally it's been pretty quiet at this point. Yeah. I just had a member um, drop me an email the other day say, saying that he heard from his CPA that Wisconsin's not going to follow the, lead of the the federal government on that and i had not heard it and we were, we're checking into it but um 
just curious. I was just curious if you had heard about any other states. So, um, we we did we did have to squash in at least one state um, before it got out. Even within that state, the concept of an owner, uh, a, a government owner, before they want before they were going to review a contractor's um, change order request for um, processing. The owner asked for all of the PPP information, not exactly stating, but insinuating that they, the owner wanted to deduct any monies utilized by the, the contractor used via the PPP program to pay them less on their change order request. So was that um, was that a public owner? Sure was that a public owner? That or? was a... That was a, a state, oh, state. Um, vertical building uh, okay. owner. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, we have so we, we killed that before it uh, even made it much farther than it already had. Okay. So um, I would imagine, you know, there, there could be some other ideas like that, but let's just say it came from a coastal state that you'd expect it to come from. One okay. of them. Yeah. That's where all the bad stuff starts on each coast, right? And then, okay. <laughs> all right. So, so, um, as far as what, what is it? Uh, the family's first coronavirus response act, is that FIFCRA? Is that how the acronym, I don't know what the, what it is, but anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. So that expired, that a, right? Are they in, but they're talking about some sort of, um, guidance on, um, whether employees can take that after December 31, 2020. Is there any update on that? So that's a good question. The answer is yes. The mandates expired, you know, as of midnight January 1. However, the tax credit continues through the first quarter of 2021 if you as a company voluntarily uh, continue to adhere to those mandates um, for paid leave, uh, emergency sick leave, and emergency uh, paid family medical leave. So that'd be through the first Uh, quarter of 2021. And then it's, that is correct. And then it's completely done, completely. As uh, of now. Or, unless Congress unless they change uh, passes something else between now and then, yes. Which probably will so, happen, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Maybe. So I, I would say if you're a federal contractor and do any work for the uh, directly for federal government agencies like the Army Corps, GSA, the Navy, and so forth, um, you may see a, 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 a executive order that requires it on your your government contracts. Um, a lot of the things that may not get done legislatively, this is not a, a new theme, but or maybe not get done soon enough. Um, I would expect will be pressed by the new administration via executive or, order. Okay. So um, kind of moving on, I, I guess, you know, looking at some of your, I guess, victories here, um, or an, another victory, I guess, has to do with the um, these tax credit extensions um, or eligibilities for the what, the new markets tax credit, low-income housing tax credit. Can you talk just a little bit about um, what happened there? Yeah, you know, obviously... Um, we 
when you think about the federal government and infrastructure, people tend to think about roads and bridges, but there's a lot we we also do for the for a lot of the public and private building contractor markets, especially via tax policy. And a few examples of those are the new markets tax credit, uh, which is uh, uh, essentially something for um, rural areas to help with community um, buildings and facilities. Uh, for example, it was in it was over a year ago now that I was able to go out to India, Indiana, um, just north of Indianapolis, a, a, a community pool in a rural community that was um, financed by the in part by the New Markets tax credit that um, was a multi-million dollar community pool uh, in an area that otherwise didn't have a pool. And of course it was heated, uh, which you know you guys can appreciate in Wisconsin too for all year round use. So um, you know, it's those sorts of projects that many building contractors uh, work on, community centers, rec centers, uh, and the likes state schools or stadiums or so forth for communities uh, in part and, and many other sorts of things um, and can be uh, uh, financed through this. Uh, it's That was set to expire in 2020 and it was extended for five years. It brings with it $25 billion in tax incentives for those type of building facilities. In addition, it included uh, a change to the low-income housing tax credit uh, that will um, help generate hundreds of thousands of new multifamily affordable housing um, projects throughout the country. Um, that's a key uh, market for many building contractors. Uh, in addition to, uh, if there's one sector that, that needs some relief more, than ever, it's uh, the commercial uh, building uh, and the commercial real estate market and office market in particular, and they made permanent the commercial building energy efficiency tax engine, known as 179D, uh, that helps with um, various uh, renovations uh, for energy efficient buildings uh, and help finance those uh, as well. Um, so good things there. And on top of that, uh, you know, uh, speaking as a parent, uh, I can't wait for my kids to go back to school. Uh, there were $82 billion uh, for um, K through 12, public and private, as well as higher education uh, schools uh, to use for various means. And one of the eligibilities as well there is for pandemic-related construction. So if you're looking to do uh, HVAC units, you need ancillary to build ancillary facilities or additions to adhere to social uh, distancing requirements uh, or uh, all new windows and whatnot. Think about, uh, you know, I don't know personally what it's, it might be community by community, at least in Wisconsin, if you have school or not uh, for, for, for kids, but as it stands right now, we don't, kids under the age of, I want to say 16, don't have access to a vaccine uh, at this point. So um, 
for the foreseeable future, um, schools hopefully will, if they're not already, will be in session come September. Um, I personally, again, hope so dearly. Uh, um, but, uh, you know, it might not look as we, we, we think it will be depending upon, especially depending upon where we are with vaccines for children. So in the meantime, in the meantime, they're driving a lot more parents to drink even more. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm not, I'm an empty nester. So, um, I, I don't have kids at home, but boy, I know people that do and they're going crazy. Um, but, uh, Hey, um, uh, kind of switching gears here to a, an issue that's big here in Wisconsin and I know in other states and that has to do with employee misclassification and uh, in particular relation to you know the classification of um, independent contractor versus employees and um, I know that the DOL recently published a, a rule on that um, can you talk a little bit about that issue as far as how AGC of America is engaged in that issue and what, what's going on? This has been an issue for a long, long time. And uh, it usually gets wrapped into this whole debate uh, of quote-unquote wage theft. Um, you know, as any good contractor knows, the last thing they want to do to their employees is short them uh, their wages, because that's not really a good idea for keeping uh, your workforce around uh, amid a, a, a continued and sustained uh, worker shortage. However, there are, uh, you know, undoubtedly bad actors in every in every business and industry, and the degree to which um, this issue is prevalent in the construction industry um, really, honestly, depends on who you talk to, and um, but. It's something that we have been talking about from the aspect of, all right, we as an industry obviously don't want people to skirt the rules. We want a fair and uh, level playing field for everybody. I mean, that's how you do your bid your work at the end of the day. That's what you want to bid your work against uh, competition in a fair and level way. Um, what we have been seeking to do and, and have worked with this administration on doing has been to um, make the definition of independent contractor uh, simple, um, uniform, so that it can really uh, help avoid the issue of uh, misclassification. Um, You know, misclassification can have two meanings depending upon what um, entity you speak to, and I'm talking about the Department of Labor and the IRS. I'm sure in your states, uh, a similar situation with uh, the parallel agencies. Um, but trying to simplify those so that, you know, you don't, there's no games of gotcha is a big, is a big avenue we, we continue to seek. Um, but also we've worked with chapters in other states um, to just start having those discussions so that before, before they legislate or regulate, uh, we really understand what's going on in the state um, and how bad of a problem is it? Is it a problem? You know, what are things that we can do? And those discussions have been having have been very good and happening more at the chapter level with, you know, depending upon who's 
who's in power, who's interested in listening. And, and those, those folks that have been able to have those discussions, it's, it's been able to at least put things on a way towards uh, not avoiding the games of gotcha that everyone hates when it comes to this. Right. Uh, and you that's know, really been our focus. Obviously, the thing we, we don't want to see is one of the provisions in the PRO Act that would just take what was what has been a big fight in California of just saying, well, you know, if, you know, essentially everyone is your employee, um, you know, uh, we, we don't really want that. Yeah, you know, it's a it's an issue we're dealing with here. Um, our governor appointed a task force to look at the misclassification issue. And, you know, they came up with some pretty big numbers um, as far as, um, you know, I think some of it are estimates related to unpaid unemployment and workers' comp insurance. Um, yep. And, you know, and the whole wage theft, you know, um, kind of feeds into it too, like you mentioned. Uh, Minnesota had a big case that was highly publicized that um, kind of bled over into Wisconsin. And there's some legitimacy to, you know, the misclassification issue, and especially in some industries, for sure, um, dry, or construction-related industries, whether it's drywall or, you know, roofing or whatever. But yeah. um, we're, we're trying to understand the issue. Obviously, like you say, I mean, we want everybody to play by the rules. But we're trying to get our arms around the scope of the problem and um, trying to make sure that you know, the good actors aren't punished um, for the sake of a few bad actors, you know, and um, or don't pay the pay the bill, you know. Exactly. For, you know, so we're, we're trying to balance that that issue. Um, well, and I'm sure with the Biden administration coming in that. Um, this is going to this and other labor issues are going to be coming bigger um, for all of us. Um, but um, um, you know, I for the for the sake of your time, uh, you know, I I do appreciate you joining me today. And you know, we could probably go on and on and on about everything you guys do and you've got on your plate there. Um, but you know, we do appreciate what you do, and and I just. And I wanted to close it out with a big thank you on behalf of our members and and also to um, promote um, your web eds that you have coming up on Tuesday, January 19th. That's next Tuesday. It's 1 to 2 p.m. Central Time. Um, it's a, uh, a regulatory update, the construction regulatory, regulatory road ahead, and we all know it's going to be bumpy, um, just like, <laughs> you know, yeah. but... But we're going to have to deal with it. And um, I think the only maybe positive thing that could come out of it is that it'll finally get something done on infrastructure. Um, and uh, because I know that's a big issue for Joe Manchin out of West Virginia, right? And I think that um, there's a lot of talk yeah, about the how... The unofficial majority leader of the United States Senate. Yeah, that's about correct. the mo most powerful politician in D.C. right now being, you know, Joe Manchin. So... Um, a lot of word about that, and I know where, I know where Mike Clouser, my buddy Mike in West Virginia, is at with him. And <laughs> so, um, but uh, it would be nice to, um, you know, finally get some sort of agreement on infrastructure. I know, you know, our, our members are primarily primarily vertical building contractors, but we do have 
know, some uh, municipal utilities and, and road construction companies. And, and it's hard to have a building without a road going to it, right? Or going by it. And, um, or so, a sewer line or, or, or sewer, electric wires. Yeah. Or yeah. broadband. Or broadband. Yeah. yeah. So there, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of uh, construction tied up into infrastructure and uh, hopefully they come up with some resolution to that. But um, I know we went on a little tangent there related to infrastructure, but that that's, I know you guys have been working on that for so long. I mean, only like forever, right. Um, without any kind of um, real cooperation in DC, which would be nice to see at some point. But um, anyway, Jimmy, yeah, Hey, we, we Go ahead. We always enjoy getting the, we always take the, the dribs and drabs in, in tens of billions of dollars, but we really want here or there, but what we really like everybody, especially today, are seeking is long-term market certainty. So, right. and, and that is still the, the fight there. Right, right. Jimmy, that's all I have um, for you today. Again, we really appreciate what you do and uh, what your team does. And, um, Hope to see you in person, what, in either June or September, right? Aren't they moving the... Yeah. yeah. Let's let's not do this virtual happy hour thing. I look forward to just uh, right. uh, clinking beers, okay? Yeah, clinking beers and having, you know, a real conversation. Yeah. Good. <laughs> All right. Uh Thank, Sounds good to me. Yeah, thanks for joining me today, Jimmy. I greatly appreciate it, and you have a good week. Keep up the good work. You too, Bob. All right. Thank thanks. you. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Ford Construction Podcast. To access this and other AGC podcasts, go to the AGC website at www.agcwi.org download directly at Google Play or Apple Podcasts. For more information on this podcast or to get involved, please contact Bob Barker at the AGC office.